So this is episode 101 of the Delusional Sports Fans Podcast. I'm your host, Keith, joined by my two co-hosts, CJ and Mike. Fellas, how everything with you guys? Doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Yeah, everything's good, bro. That's Maintaining. That's good. Had a long day today, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. Muggy. Right. Human. <laughs> It's one of those days in New York City. So with this being yeah. the first podcast, we got to know what your team allegiances are to start. So that way, when everybody listens, they know who we rocking with and what our favorite teams are. So, Mike, we'll start with you. What are your team allegiances for NFL, NBA, and MLB? For the NFL, I am a Patriots fan. And for basketball, I am a Lakers fan. A bitter one, though. <laughs> and for baseball, I am a Yankees fan. All right, I hear you. Also, we got to add, Mike, you are the founder of the Mike's Dictatorship, the Facebook group. You guys should check it out. It's on Facebook. Just, you know, apply. Mike will check out mm-hmm. your application, and he'll approve, and you guys can join that way. So, CJ, yes, now we need to know your allegiances. All, three all things New York. Yeah, all things New York. <laughs> Next. Jets, Yankees, don't really care too much for the Mets, honestly. And uh, You can't. Really You're care. a Yankee fan. Don't, 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 really, don't, really, don't really care too much for the Giants either, but, you know, <laughs> all things New York for the most part. Wow, this is breaking news. How? You supporting all New York teams? Except, except for the Mets and, and for uh, – oh, I forgot Brooklyn. Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. You almost got me there. <laughs> Hell no. Right, you almost slipped up. I hear you on that one. Also, anything else you want to talk about you doing on the outside as well? Oh, uh, my, my company, Silk City, Durag Company. Uh, we got everything. Durag, bonnets, brushes, all, all things hair care. We sell apparel, shorts, shirts, everything. Um... Check us out, Silk City Two Underscores on Instagram, or uh, go to the website SilkCity.city. dot city. All right, I'll follow it up with my allegiances. I'm a Giants fan, I'm also a Mets fan. That's why you you might have heard me get a little bit emotional when CJ <laughs> was talking about he ain't rocking with those teams. I'm holding them down, and I'm also a diehard Knicks fan. So as you know, it's been a rough. Decade, I would say, if you look at my favorite teams and what they've done recently, but turn things around. And one area in basketball, at least, where teams can kind of turn things around is the NBA draft. So that's what we'll be talking about to start the podcast today. Now, fellas, there was a lot of movement with teams. You saw a lot of guys go up and try to target, uh, go up and reach or get their targets. And you even saw a team move out of the first round entirely, which was shocking to many of the fan base. So I just want to know what your biggest surprise of the draft was. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you. The biggest surprise for me was um, Sacramento not trading out of that fourth spot. We were all talking about um, the potential suitors, the Knicks, um, the Hawks, all these different teams. And they decided to not trade the pick. And then they picked somebody who we expected to be picked probably at five by passing mm-hmm. up on Jaden Ivey. So that was also surprising that they did that, although they didn't need him. 
um, from all of the reports, that was somebody that shouldn't have gone past that fourth pick. So that was also surprising for me. It didn't make sense to me at all. Facts. Don't be through a loop as well. Yeah, I was extremely confused as to why would they stay there. I mean, I guess they they didn't like the offers that they received. But, I mean, I feel like they could have used some more vet help rather than going to get a rookie. I think Keegan Murray is good, though. I'm not, I'm not going to talk down on him, but mm-hmm. I just think they could have definitely used a vet and they was in the prime position that you to take that fourth pick and pretty much not, I wouldn't say get anything they want, but if they had their eyes on certain things, they definitely could have got it using that fourth pick. So I was surprised with that. <clears throat> yeah, so that was your biggest surprise as well, the Kings staying put? Um, that that wasn't my biggest. I think my biggest surprise was, was seeing uh, Paolo go one. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> leading up to the draft, everybody was saying Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith. Like, I see that everywhere. And then next thing you know, five minutes before the draft, oh, Paolo might go one. And I was talking to Mike. I'm like, because Mike was thinking about putting a little bet down on it. And I was like, nah, Mike, I don't know. I think they might just be doing that for um, for betting purposes. Like, they just trying to get people to, you know, put money down on Paolo or whatever. Like, throw a little intrigue in it. But then he really went one, and I was like, "Wait!" <laughs> to me, watching him throughout the season, I always felt like he should have went one. But it, there was no buildup behind his name; like it was always Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. So it was like mm-hmm. th- that. Those were the two top picks that I, I've kept hearing about, and I like Paolo the most out of those two, but. It was, to me, in my mind, it was solidified that he was going to the Rockets. Like, he was going to play with Jalen Green. And them. Mm. That's why when I see, I was like, whoa, that was like a curveball. But I think it was smart on their behalf. Yeah, I think they went with the safer pick going with Paolo 1 as opposed yeah. to going with Jabari. You think so? Why do you think that was safer? I just think if you look at what, what Paolo can give you, uh, you look at how he can be uh, a difference maker as a playmaker mm-hmm. and as a scorer. It's a little bit of a safer pick because I think he might have a higher ceiling than Jabari, whereas, you know, Jabari, I, I like what he can do as a 3 and D wing, but, you know, there's no guarantee he can build off or build upon that. As opposed with Paolo, you can see he has, a, you know, a multifaceted game where he can maybe develop that a little bit more. So I think he might have been a, a safer pick as opposed to Jabari. But Keith, in that same breath, if you look at what Orlando has, you don't think they already have playmaking that they need um, Paolo to do that for them? I think they do. But I think they also have people that can fill a, a similar role to uh, Jabari Smith on the way. So to me, I thought it was a safer pick saying that Paolo might have the higher potential, higher ceiling, and going with him mm-hmm. as opposed to Jabari. I think Jabari is like, he's more, <clears throat> he has a slim frame. I think he's he's more of a tweener to me. Like I don't think he's really gonna spend too much time on the wing. I think he'll be like anywhere between a three, four, and five. He's tall. He's like six ten. He's slim. He can move really well. What? I think he fits with the Rockets um more. Yeah, I, so, I think so too. I think so too. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna get Sengun um more some more playing time next year. 
They better. They have to. They better. And That's they, why they, they moved off of wood. Yeah, I was going to say they just got rid of Christian Wood, so they almost have to. Mm-hmm. Keith, what was your biggest surprise? My biggest surprise was the Knicks moving like we were a contender and, and trading <laughs> out of the first round. <laughs> to me, that made absolutely no sense. You got yeah? the front office. Yeah, to me, no, nah, it made no sense. You got the front <laughs> office using draft capital to try and free up $8 million in cap space that the Knicks just recently committed to the previous offseason. So now we're burning draft capital to kind of undo moves that the front office bundled. So to me, it made no sense. I felt like we should have done everything we could have possibly done to move up. And honestly, moving out of the first round completely wasn't the route to go. If they wanted to move back and get a little bit more draft capital for 2023 and still have the ability to bring in a young guy that they can add to this core this season, then I would have been a little bit better with that. But I mean, to be honest, if you want to be, uh, you want to look at it with, you know, glass half full with them now moving back, we got a little bit more draft capital and they're going to try and I guess go after Brunson and give him big money. So I'm expecting us to be mediocre this season again. And the front office will probably get kicked out of the building. And at least now we'll have a little bit more capital for a new regime that actually has a plan to, to go out there and use. That's very complex. <laughs> I'm not, I was, I mean, I wasn't mad at the, like in the moment I was confused as to what was going on and, and, and why were they moving completely out when I read up on it and the scene where we got back. And um, <clears throat> I think, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty good plan. Like, I don't think it's a bad plan. Like, number one, well, we would have got eleven. I don't it really want to move the needle, like, especially since Johnny Davis was taken right before we picked. I think that was the player for us to get at 11 if we were to get a player. I felt like everybody that we were supposed to get was gone already, like Dyson Daniels, uh, Johnny Davis, Jaden Ivey, I really, really, really wanted us to move up to get Jaden Ivey. I didn't care what it took. Like as long as as long as it didn't cause RJ Barrett, do what you gotta do to go get Jaden Ivey. And once that didn't happen, I was like, okay. And then right before I seen Johnny Davis go, I was like, all right, like I don't, I don't know what what should what should we do now? Like, cause whoever we get from here, I don't think it's gonna be like somebody that's gonna come in and play right away, especially with Tibbs. Well, how did y'all feel about Durin? I like I like Durin, but I just didn't see where Durin would fit with us. We got we already have Obi. Mm-hmm. We still got Randall in the mix. We still got Mitchell. We got Mitch. Yeah, we probably gonna resign Mitchell Robinson, and then you also got um Jericho Sims. Gotcha. So it's like where would Durin even play with us? Like is that's that's the thing. Like we got a bunch of a bunch of young players. In, in certain positions, like what we really need is a point guard. So if we would have got Ivy, Ivy would have stepped in and played right away, would have learned from Derrick Rose, and he would have played right away and quickly could have stayed in his position and just keep being the microwave. So that would have worked perfectly. But mm-hmm. anybody else is like, we didn't, we didn't really need a tweener or a wing. We could have, well, the league is going in the direction of wings. We could have used a wing, but at that position, there really, there really wasn't any wings that was going to come in and play over RJ or play over Grimes, or play over Fournier, you know what I'm saying? Especially since yeah, Johnny Davis at that time. 
Oh yeah, I just seen something. I was saying um, they trying to trade Cam too to free up some more cap yeah. So, but okay, go ahead, finish, Adrian. So, so to me, it wasn't, it wasn't really a bad move at first. They didn't announce what we got back. They were just saying we were just trading out of the pick, but they didn't say anything. We got we got first rounders back, and then we move one. We move one to to get rid of Kimba's deal. So we got. So we got in total after after the dust settled, we ended up in total we got four, right? And then move one. Yeah. So we have three in our control. So we have the Milwaukee Bucks, I believe. One of them is Detroit's as well. And I forgot who owns the, the or who originally okay. owned the third one. Okay, see? Okay, okay, see, yeah. So yeah, it's those three. But if you also look at the deal, they're heavily protected. So a few of them can can turn into you know, second round picks, multiple second round picks, you know, if you want to add that in. But if those teams don't get better within the next two or three years, we're looking at second round picks to do all that maneuvering. And all that maneuvering with- was done to get rid of Kimber's deal. And Mike, also to answer your question about the Durham deal, that one gassed me OD because after Ivy went to Detroit, the reports were that if, if Durham was there for the Knicks, we would have him and then traded him to Detroit in order to get Ivy in a bigger package. So once we got Durant, I thought, all right, this is, you know, the wheels are in motion for us to now get Ivy. When if, when we found out that we trade, when I found out that we traded him just to move off of Kimber Walker's deal, I'm like, so we did all of this maneuvering just to get rid of $8 million? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Houston Rockets have been paying John Wall $50 million to sit on the sideline just to allow the kids to get you know some some more minutes and some more play time and here mm-hmm. we go now cha- trading draft capital to just get rid of eight million dollars to now make a, a big push for a guy like Jalen Brunson who I think is going to end up getting overpaid so when you looked at it all in its entirety I'm like this really doesn't make sense we're now you know trying to pivot into a win now mode when I don't mm-hmm. think this team is ready for that and we're giving up draft capital to correct mistakes that this front office made. So to me, as a Knicks fan, I'm like, what is the actual direction here? Because it's like every year, every offseason is a completely new plan. And I feel like every, you know, the front office is just grasping at straws and just, you know, trying to make moves as they come along, as, as opposed to sticking to a plan, committing to it, and trying to see it through. I have a quick question for you guys. So being being that it's looking like you guys are gonna go after Brunson, I know you guys don't want him to be overpaid. So what would be a reasonable contract that you guys see for him that wouldn't be overpaying? What you think, Keith? I'll leave that to you. Less than FVV, I would say maybe seventeen mil, sixteen, seventeen mil, something it, in that ballpark. I've seen something that said um four years, one hundred million. Mm-hmm. I've seen four years one ten, which is way nuts. Too, way too much, man. Fred Van Vliet is making what twenty one or twenty two million per year. He's a champion. He's showing it at the highest level, and we're not about to give Jalen Brunson that type of money. And then he's going to enter into a franchise the the, the appearance of some nepotism because we we just hired his father as well as a mm-hmm. coach. So, to me, this is going to be crazy. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Leon Rose's son is also Jalen Brunson's agent. agent. Yes. So, wow. all of this, like, as a Knicks fan, just watching, 
what's about to happen to the franchise, you can't say, all right, this makes sense, because Jalen Brunson isn't that type of player to get that type of contract. Mm -hmm. So for us to do all of that, and for all the, you know, signs to point to, you know, people looking out for people that they know and that they're in the same circle with, to me, I'm like, this is crazy. I don't see how these moves are going to make us a contender, honestly. Maybe we might be, you know, the eighth seed, seventh seed, but I don't see us as a See, I, I, I won't say I, I completely disagree with you, but I disagree with you in, in some aspects. Like, I feel like I, I do see the direction. Like, I, I, I do see the plan. You, you say you don't see a plan. I do kind of see a plan because I wouldn't say we're, we're pivoting in, in win-now mode, but realistically, like I said, that, that 11th pick, it probably wouldn't have been worth much, especially with the coach we have. It's number one, number two. We was just the fourth seed two years ago. I don't know if that was an anomaly or or what. Like, I'm not sure. Like, maybe we get a healthy Derrick Rose back. Obi's playing more minutes. Quickly's more confident. He's playing better. I don't see why we can't make the playoffs. That's number two. Number three, the moves that we made, right? I, do, I, do, I don't mind getting Jalen Brunson. I don't want to overpay for him. I don't mind getting him, but I do think if we do add him, he'll be an addition. Now we have we have more cap room to get another free agent if 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 someone wants to come to the Knicks. But if we don't have the chance to sign someone in free agency, now the draft capital to go get someone. You know what I'm saying? Before but do I, we? I, with those we protections, do, we, have, we, we have 11 first round picks in like the next seven years. But you got to look at the protections on them, though. I already told you two or three of them might turn into second rounders, depending maybe, on how those other, those other teams perform. You got the Oklahoma maybe. City Thunder. You see them being good in the next three years. I know they get they you know getting a bunch of young talent, but it's going to take time for those guys to develop. The Washington Wizards, they're hit or miss. You never know what they're going to be season to season. It looks they like they're going to be able to retain Bradley Bill, but there's no guarantee they'll be, you know, bad enough or, or good enough for us to get those picks. And then you have the Milwaukee Bucks. That, I don't think, has any protections, but that 2025 pick, with them having Giannis on their team, that's going to be a first-round pick. I don't know if teams are going to move off of some of the guys that have been floated around, like a DeJounte Murray. I don't know if the Spurs are going to take three or four of those picks with those heavy protections in order to move off of him. You know what I mean? Then we have then we have to move some of our picks. If we have to move some of our early picks, the, uh, the other Dallas pick, and the, the and the other protected picks along with a player like it, there's different options for us to do now. It's not only well we have this young talent here that nobody seemed to want. You know what I'm saying? So like now mm-hmm. we can package a young player with some of those picks to go get a star or someone that's hovering around that all-star level. Like, I feel like we have more options at our disposal now than we did in the past. All right, that's so, let, why let me both so let me ask the both of y'all a question. We're just going to look at the East real quick. If the Knicks do go out there and get Jalen Brunson and, and build a team around Brunson, Randall, and RJ, are they going to be better than the Miami Heat? <laughs> well, we no. got to see what's going to happen with the Miami Heat, too. But, um, I mean, based on what we expect for the Heat next season, would you think they'd be better with the Heat if they retain their core of Hero, Butler, uh, uh, Adebayo, Lowry, et cetera? No, I don't. No. 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 Bucks? No. (laughs) 76ers? No. 
Raptors? They could be. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll put that as a so so. Bulls. Well, I, I think Levine's leaving, so yeah. I think Levine is leaving where he might go. I don't know. But I, I feel I like Levine's staying. Yeah. He yeah, might go so to Portland. If Levine if well let's say Levine stays on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Would we be better than the Bulls with Brunson, Randall, and Barrett? I mean, I'm, that's I'm tough. But I don't think so. Well, even if you're not, so if you're not high in the Bulls, you think we'd be, we'd be better than the Bulls? Then I think we can. I think we can be better if we. Yeah, I think, we a, I, I think a healthy Bulls is better for sure. Okay. Yeah, so I, mean, I won't even go with the Nets because they're a wild card. Hawks would we be better than the Hawks? Um, as presently uh, constructed, yeah, they could be. John Collins is out there. Okay, but they might get Murray. There's reports that was on the on the brink of happening too. So what about they the also, Cavs? They also, if they the if Cavs, they try if they get if they if they're getting Murray, they have to give up John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Nah, I, I saw it was going to take Gallo in first. Wow. Who? Wow. That's what I saw. What Gallo in multiple first. That's all it was going to take for them to get Murray. Wow. They released Gallo already. Gallinari. I don't I'm think they released they, Gallo. They released him. They, they uh-huh. resigned him, and he still got more years on his contract. I just seen something. So they released him. My bugging? Yeah, I think you are, bro. I didn't see nothing about Gallo being released. Let me see how many more years Gallo got on his deal. So, yeah, this is the last year of his deal. Yeah, he's still on the Hawks. So Gallo, which is an expiring deal. What the hell did I see that he was that? Mm-hmm. I could have. I don't know what the hell I was reading. But yeah, I don't think the yeah, Knicks gonna be fun. better than, than the Hawks if they get Murray. Even as currently constructed, I don't know if it would be better than the Hawks. And you look at the Cavs; they got a young core. I don't think we weren't be better, better than, than the Cavs. Hornets might be better than the Hornets. You never. Oh, know. Man, I, I I can't see. I'm just taking the little Gallinari and multiple firsts for also a point guard. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't see that happening. Can John I can Collins I ask why? Why is Dejounte huh? Murray even on a block? Like, what's what's going on there? I'm, I'm confused, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, you would think, I think that's probably, that's probably the only piece to really you know get some capital back. But I feel like they could build a team around him. Like, what? Why are they trying to move him? Mm-hmm. They probably don't feel that way. And he's probably on the best contract in the league right now. Right. If you're looking at value. DeJounte? Very weird. Yeah. That's true. I didn't think about that. I didn't think like, about when, that. I, when I saw the trade rumors, I was very confused. Like, especially after the season he had. Like, why, why are you trading him? I was seeing something that said Greg Popovich is in love with DeAndre Hunter. He feels like he can be similar to what Kawhi was when he was younger. Ooh. So they they go they're gonna have to come up with one of them. Interesting. They're gonna have to come up with a hunter or Collins or both of them. Gotcha. I'm sorry, I have one more question for you guys. So Rick, Van Vliet, right? Mm-hmm. If you guys had him, um you guys would want him over Brunson, of course, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd take him but, over. But if the comparison is there if Brunson can turn into a Van Vliet type of player, or Van Vliet, whatever his name is, um, how do y'all feel about that? Do you feel better about the sign? 
No, not at the price point. Okay. Because I know you guys are targeting him last offseason, I believe. Or whenever he was a free agent, Van Fleet. Yeah, we did. I mean, and I was kind of against it even at that point because he was going to cost what? He ended up getting $21, 22000000 million a season. I didn't think he was worth that much. But CJ see it, right? What happened? You felt Van Vliet was worth it, right? You was worth like getting him whenever he was a free agent. Yeah, I think I think he. I mean, I wasn't sure what he was gonna get. I think the Raptors. I, don't, I think they. I think they paid a, a a decent price for him. I don't think they overpaid for him. I think it was a, a decent price for him. At the end, of the, I mean, he was an All Star point guard. So, if Bronson turned into him, you'd be happy. I think twenty five a year is too much for Brunson. I think for a team that has been starving for a point guard for years, like we 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 want we want to look at our point guard and feel like we can match up with the best point guards in the league. And I don't feel that way about Brunson. I think Brunson is solid. I think Brunson is a is a really really good backup point guard on a good team, like a championship team. But to try to sell me as a Knicks fan. Jalen Brunson, when I've been starving for a point guard all these years, I'm just not sold on him. Like, I think he's good. I think he's solid. But I don't want to be sitting here covering Jalen Brunson like he's KD or something. Like, we hiring his dad and we doing all this <laughs> right? stuff. Like it's, like, it's college or something. Recruiting this player as if he's, like, one of the top guys in the league. Jalen Brunson is probably not even top 10, top 15 at his position. So what's like so what's really going on right now? Like so to me, I think he's a solid player, but he just doesn't move the needle to me. And I, I can't see a player a player wanting to come to New York to play with Jalen Brunson, you know? Unless they play with him <laughs> at Village Over or something like that, but I can't see nobody oh they got RJ. Oh damn, and they got Brunson too? Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely gotta go over there. Like, <laughs> yeah, and and they got Randall and they got Antrims on the sideline as well. And they got no handle, Randall. Oh yeah, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, yeah, that, you pay that, somebody twenty five mil, you expect them to be the third best player on the championship team, and I, I don't, I don't see that as a Jalen Brunson. I don't see him ever being the third best player on a on a on a playoff, not a playoff, but on a championship winning team. I do think Brunson is a winner too. He's a winner. He he won a, he won that every year. But he's 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 pretty pretty new in the league, but I I'm just not sold on him being a star. Next, he got all. It's gonna be so much pressure on him to live up to that contract. Like, paid you all this. He's trying to sell us on Jaden Brunson. He paid you all this money. Fans is not gonna be like that, bro. Yeah. And then the crazy part is he's gonna be mediocre. The front office is gonna get fired, and now the new regime is gonna have to deal with that contract and the three years left on it. Mhm. And who's trying to pay? Who's trying to pay all that for Jalen Brunson? Like, come on. Back. Only nah. us. Literally, only us. <laughs> we can't. We can't move some of the vets on this team. You think we're gonna be able to move that Brunson contract? Come on, bro. Nah. Come on. Crazy, craziness. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So just to stick with the draft, just a little bit longer. Well, who do you guys think were the big winners and losers? CJ, I probably you. Uh, definitely Detroit was a big winner. Mm-hmm. Big winner. Um, they got everything they wanted. 
I heard um, yeah. GM Troy Weaver was saying that he was in love with Ivy and he was in love with Doran. They got both of them. Ivy fell mm-hmm. to them right in their lap, which is <laughs> unbelievable. Fell right in their lap. Got a, got a guard they could pair with Kate Cunningham, move him off the ball. So that backcourt is about to be crazy. Mm-hmm. You got a rim protector. That's all it was mm-hmm. really missing was a rim protector. They had Kelly Olenek and Isaiah Stewart. That's, Isaiah Stewart is good. He's going he's to get boards and whatnot, but yeah. he's not going to really be a rim protector. Um, same with Kelly Olenek. You know, he, he has more, his moments. Yeah, he's more finesse, though. He's not really going to, like, dominate the yeah. anybody at the rim. Like, um, they still got Sadiq Bay. Yep. So I, I like what they're doing over there. They definitely just boosted their roster by a lot. Still got Hami Diallo too. They just boosted mm-hmm. their roster by a lot. So I think if they get a, maybe if they can get a vet, a couple young vets or a couple solid players, add Miles Bridges or whatever, mm. that could be a pretty decent team. Um, losers. Uh, come back to me on that one. I got I got to see who did what. Let me, let me go double check. Yeah, I, I agree with CJ as far as the Pistons. The Pistons, they like you said, he got they got whatever they wanted. Um, so their their young core is very, very. They have a bright future. So I'm interested in to see what they're gonna do. Um, another winner in the draft I feel is OKC. OKC just has like mad talent, mad big playmakers. Um, it's gonna be tricky to see how they how they put it together because. They do have a lot of people that have like similar styles. They got um, they got Giddy, they got Shea, they got Chet. They drafted him. Um, they had drafted um, I heard Zhang is like a type of playmaker too. Um, yeah, so they just have a lot of similar pieces. I'm just interested to see how they put it together, but I feel like they feel like they won the draft as well, and I agree with it. They're all big. They could defend somewhat. And it's it's gonna be exciting to see what they do. As far as losers, um, I would personally say the the Knicks because we expected them to do something, and whatever they did was, I guess, for the future. And as it may not hit right now, um, it could hit in the future, but it also couldn't. So, yeah, they were. We were we were seeing how active, or we were hearing rumors of how active they were as far as trying to trade up so being that they didn't and then they didn't even draft anybody in the first round for keeps I think that um they're a loser on that part I hear you on that one I think when it comes to losers New York City as a whole lost out because <laughs> the Knicks they yeah. traded out of the first round completely and, and you you might say it, you might view it as a move for the future but I think it was more so a move for the now they moved that pick so they wouldn't have to carry the calf hit and in order to and in order to bring in a Brunson, they couldn't carry that first round cap hit. And now they also have to make some other moves in order to free up the spot. So that was more so, you know, yeah, they kicked the can down the road towards the future, but they just wanted to free up the cap space to bring in a Jalen Brunson, which kind of infuriated me even more with the direction of this team. But also you gotta look at the Nets. The Nets now, they have this whole, you know, drama going on with with Kyrie. And, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but they now have an unclear future and they just left this draft with no picks so for them they're in a real tough position for my winners uh i would probably say the rockets i like what they've done not only this year but also 
if you factor in what they did last year as well. You know, they've got KPJ on the roster. They drafted Jalen Green last year, and they still have a, a need for somebody with some playmaking ability. So you, you draft a guy like Easton that can kind of help out there. You also have Jabari Smith, which we mentioned earlier, a nice 3 and D. And they even drafted Ty Ty Washington. A lot of people expected him mm-hmm. to go. You know, in the in the mid to late you know lottery, yeah, and he ended up being pick. there at twenty nine. Yep. Also, the Pacers with the same view of what they did last year and adding it to what they did this year, able to get a a wing in Benedict Matherin, who's already showing that he has the confidence to perform in the league. You mm-hmm. you look at what they've done uh, last year drafting Duarte. They made the trade for Halliburton, so now you have three guys. You know, defensively, if you want to switch, those three can switch everything. So I love Halliburton. Exactly. I, I got him in fantasy. So mm-hmm. you, you see what they're trying to do, how they're trying to build over there. You really got to like what they were able to do in the draft. So those two teams, unfortunately, the Pacers are a team we're going to have to deal with in the Eastern Conference. But luckily for us, we don't have to really deal with the Houston Rockets because they're starting to build or, or get a lot of young talent on that team. And I think they'll be another exciting team to watch uh, as the years go on. Mm-hmm. Another another sneaky uh winner. I don't have a loser. I'm looking at the, the picks now. I don't really have a loser. I think I think the Kings. I would say the Kings. They are a loser. I was yeah. gonna say that. I mean, I, I would say the Kings are a loser because they they probably could have done way more with that pick that they got. They 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 could definitely could have dangled that pick for somebody that really needed that to move up, and they didn't really do nothing. But it's hard for me to really call them losers because I do think they really got a really good player. I do think Keegan Murray is. Like he's nice, so it's hard for me to really call him losers because he still got a solid player. When you think he's gonna play immediately, though? Yeah, I think he's gonna play immediately. I think he over, has he, over who? Uh, I think he's he's gonna um he's gonna take some of Harrison Barnes minutes. He's he's not Harrison Barnes is tied to bread. He's gonna play, and it's not like he's not performing. I think he's going to play, but I think he's definitely going to take some of his minutes. Definitely. And then if they go small, they can move Sabonis to the five, play Keegan Barnes together. Okay. Um, Darren Fox and, and um, Davion Mitchell. I think they'll, they'll figure out a way to get him in there because he can play three or four positions, you know what I'm saying? And he's a, he's a really, really good basketball player. Like, he's just a solid – basketball player like footwork shooting athletic ability like he's really good like he doesn't really make many mistakes on the court so okay i think he's too good to not have him on the court you know what i'm saying he's going to play i'm not worried about that that's why but you got to you got to think about the kings um organization as well yeah that's true. i mean we we felt bad we should have played but they yeah. wasn't playing him yeah, that's true too. I, I think I think Keegan is 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 overall better basketball player than Marvin Bagley though. Okay. Marvin Bagley was more, I wouldn't say a project, but he was limited in certain areas. I think Keegan is he's, it's really nothing he can't do on the floor. He's more polished, you're saying? Yeah, he's more polished okay. at this point in his career. Another another winner I have though. I hate this, but the Warriors, bro. <laughs> Warriors, the Warriors are a winner, bro. Like, I completely forgot about Patrick Baldwin Jr., and I feel like the league forgot about him too. How did he slip to 28 
and go to the Warriors. He literally fits exactly what they do. He's extremely, extremely, extremely talented. Reminds me of Michael Porter Jr. Literally, the only reason he slipped that far is because of his college choice. He wow. was, he was a number he was a number five he was a number five ranked player in the nation going into college last year. He was above Jabari Smith, above Ty Ty Washington. Like he was he was above all these players, like the ones that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was he was above Jalen Durant, Jalen Duran. He was above all these guys, like. And the only reason he went where he went is because he decided to go play for his father at the University of Milwaukee. He had Duke, he had Kentucky, he had all the schools. Like he was one of those guys. Like, he was literally a top five guy. That's crazy. Yeah, and he decided. He just decided to go. Now nah, I'm just gonna play with my dad in Milwaukee. And he was Richard killing. Richard. Yeah, he was killing over there, but he wasn't really. I mean, he wasn't really playing against nobody, and they was losing too. It was only him on the team. But when you watch this dude play, you could, you could tell, bro. He don't he don't really belong in this league. He need to go playing at North Carolina or Duke or something. But mm-hmm. I guess he just wanted to play with his dad, show some loyalty, whatever the case may be. Cost him some money. And, but that's the only reason he slipped. Like, the talent is there, the size, the skill, everything. And I cannot believe that he went to them. It's like, damn, like, y'all all forgot about him except for them. Y'all can't let – out of all people, y'all can't let them get him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cr- – yo, when I seen that, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot all of that. <laughs> So yeah, they they definitely got richer. Like a lot of these teams that picked before him, mm-hmm. they picked before them, could have used somebody like him. Like, and I feel like they so loaded. I don't even know if they're gonna really use him that much early. They probably won't bring him along slowly. He's nice though, bro. Ah, he's nice. He's nice. So yeah, six ten forward. He can do everything. Shoot, crazy. Yeah, he's. He's a good so. And CJ is an expert with the with the college with the college scouting. Yeah, college, high school, I follow all that. I'm like tapped in with the players from like eighth grade, kind of watching them mature and grow up. Hey, you keep them in the journal. Do I keep them in the journal? Yeah. In my head. <laughs> you should start <laughs> writing it down though. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm be kind of familiar with with the players. Like, of course, I'm not gonna remember certain things like where a player was ranked specifically and stuff like that. But I, I know, like, okay, he was a top guy. He went to this school, this high school, played with this player, played with this AAU team. What he was doing and stuff like that. Where he's from and all that type of stuff. Recruitment. Familiar with all that, but. Never. Yeah, I wish you had a journal because then we could have looked back to see what you wrote down for Kyrie Irving when he was coming up. Because this guy, <laughs> man, he is bugging. He's pretty much blowing up any type of bridge he had in Brooklyn. And <laughs> now, apparently, you guys said he decided to opt in right before we mm-hmm. started the pod. You guys want to get into it a little bit now? Mike, you want to lead, lead off, Mike? I was surprised to get that news because all I kept hearing and seeing today is that Kyrie is going to be a Laker. And I felt good about that, especially after a report. I wish I kept the report 
but it was basically saying that he was willing if he opted out that he was willing to sign at like the the minimum mid level mid level exception. Right. So that would have been perfect. And then he opted in, and we can't trade for him. We we can't afford him. The Lakers already said they're not moving on from AD. So I don't see any possible way, at least one on one, that we could complete that trade. So I was um. I guess it was bittersweet because now I guess we understand that the direction the Nets are heading in, they have to keep KD, of course. So I guess we're going to see how they're going to build around that. But at the same time, I was, like I told you guys, I was interested in the idea of Kyrie pulling back up to LA and that would have been cool to see. Um, But now that that's not the case, here we are. We just got to see what Brooklyn's going to do to build around KD and Kyrie. So you think they're still going to build around those two? Because there were also reports saying that the <laughs> the Nets would rather lose both KD and Kyrie than deal with the nonsense that they had to deal with last year. So I know Kyrie, I know Kyrie has opted back in, but I, I wouldn't say that you know dealing him is completely off the table, especially if the Nets are as frustrated with dealing with him as the reports say they are. Uh, I think it's tricky because you have to consider um, Kevin Durant's contract. He's tied in until 2026. So I feel like, um, I mean, you're right. I guess they could trade Kevin Durant whenever Kyrie has to go if they want to pack him. But um, I think that they're going to try to to make it work. Them too? Moving forward? Or I, think, I think after this year, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's done. I think... I don't, I don't think I don't think Kyrie really wanted to be there this year. I think he really had no choice. Like considering the fact that he lost half his salary, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not going to say it's about the money. I don't think Kyrie really cared too much about the money, but he did lose half his salary this past year, and I think he really he really tested the waters. Like he wanted to see what the market was like. He listed all the teams that he he potentially could go to. That none of those teams were really interested in him except for the Lakers. He kind of took a step back, and then you see all these reports today that Kyrie and the Lakers have mutual interests, and the Lakers are, are um, centering a, a sign and trade offer centered around Westbrook, but the Nets don't want Westbrook. So it was almost like he was backed into a corner, like he had no other option. The, the, the Lakers refused to deal Anthony Davis in the trade. And the Nets don't want Westbrook. And the Lakers literally have nothing else to offer. So Kyrie was almost like, damn, like, okay, nobody else want me. I can't get the deal done with the Lakers. What is what 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 is there for me to do? Pass up on thirty one million dollars and sign for six million to go play with Westbrook, A D, LeBron, like for for all that, I might as well just opt into my contract and then Next next summer, I'm 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 really re- unrestricted, and I can really go sign with the Lakers for whatever they're willing to give me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because Brickbrook will be off their books as well next year. Yeah, so I I, mm-hmm. I honestly think he was he had no other choice. I don't I don't like at this point. I feel like I feel like now we know that he doesn't want to be there. Like, was he really testing the waters? Was he was he trying to call a Nets bluff or? This whole circus, you did all this stuff, all these reports every day coming out about how you, the Nets, the Nets agree to let you uh, test the waters for sign and trade. They willing to let go of you. They willing to uh, 
be without you and KD and you 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 giving them a list of teams you're interested in. All that to just opt in, like nah, bro. Just, I'm saying where smoke this fire. I don't. I think after this year, I think they're done with him. They don't. And, you, and you think that he's even his main man, KD? Shit, he he t. He teased going back to LeBron. He tried to go back to his ex on his new girl. Because he wanted wanted an extension. That's why. Bro, but you, come on, bro. You could could play all those games you want, but don't play with your ex. Like, you know what I'm saying? Not the person you got history with. Like, come on. Uh, You you done said all this. I never played with a player that I could look over and feel confident. Like, come on, bro. And he made a scene on his way out, too. Yeah, and yeah. Now about to run back, gravel. That's gonna, crazy. Come on, bro. Like, nah, yo. That's what I'm saying. Well, let's smoke this fire. I think he really wanted to go to LA. I honestly think he did. I honestly think he wanted to go to LA, but it just it just couldn't be made. It couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody want Westbrook, and LA is not willing to give up K, um, AD. So, I mean, I agree with you that he wanted out. And I also, I think, I think KD is leaving Brooklyn too. This wow. season or next? Um, if they can't trade him, I think whenever he has the opportunity to leave, he's gonna leave. I think he's. I think KD's probably gonna go to Miami or something like that. I can see so, K. I can see KD going to Miami. So my question is, are they gonna stay with the Nets throughout the entirety of this upcoming season? And if they do, how do they get through it? Seeing how there's so much tension now between the front office and their superstars that are now gonna have to go out there and try to win a championship for a franchise they're really not fucking with at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how they perform if they decide to keep the both of them to start this season. But what if the Nets are good at the same time? That's what I was going to say. That The answer to that question, it all depends on how they're performing and, and, and if, if they're winning. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if they're winning, that co- you know, winning covers everything up. It masks mm-hmm. everything. Like, as long as we winning, whatever differences we got, we winning. Just, you know what I'm saying, put that on the back burner. But once we start losing and we go on a losing streak and you got that New York media and yeah, you know that that's when everything gets worse. All hell break loose. Yeah, Stephen yeah. A is coming on first take. <laughs> KD, you should be ashamed. You're like, you know what I'm saying? Put trying to put them against each other whenever whatever whenever chance he get. And you got loudmouth KP on the show with him too. So Yeah, bro. Oh, speaking of KP, did you have you seen um KP and Draymond Green going back and forth? Yeah, they beat Fernando. Yeah, I, I just caught up today. <laughs> they yeah, beat him. All mm-hmm. these basketball players think they're gangsters now. Yeah, Draymond called him a coon, and, and uh, Kendrick, mm. per- Kendrick Perkins went off. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Draymond Wild and called him a coon. What did he do to, to, to warrant being called a coon? He was saying that, um, that Kendrick Perkins get up on TV and and be trying to act like uh, Skip Bayless and mm. tell him, like, you don't got to do all this stuff. Like, you was a player. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to be one of us. Yeah, you ain't got to be up there acting a fool, trying to act like one of them and shit, call him a cool. Mm. And Kendrick got it. <laughs> he said, he said, Draymond, is you good? <laughs> Draymond, he said, Draymond, is you? He said, who the fuck you think you? He said, he said, you can call me anything you want. But you better not call me a coon. He was like, we all, he said, we, we, we know you all barking, no bite. We all know. He's like, you, we all know you won't pull 
milk or cereal and watch a snack right now. <laughs> yeah. I got that heavy southern accent. Yeah, I got to send y'all a video, yo. It was hilarious. I, I, I was watching the video. I could not take him serious, bro. I'm sorry. And I know he's seven feet, 300. I was like, nah, yo, I can't take him serious right now, bro. <laughs> They gotta sing out that video. Yeah, facts. That's crazy. Well, how you feel about the whole situation, Keys? Uh, what about them beefing? About the the nut situation. Yeah, what you prefer? As a as a Knicks fan, you gotta be relieved because that could have been us. <laughs> that definitely could have been us, but luckily we dodged that bullet. And now okay. the the Nets, you know, they built that grave. They gotta line it. It would have been a hundred times worth worth of the Knicks. Yeah, With the it would still be on the media cycle right now, nonstop on ESPN. You'd have Stephen A. Smith acting a fool on first take and at the draft, talking about the Knicks. We decided to clear all this cap space, and now the superstars we did sign don't even want to be here anymore, blah, blah, blah. Nobody got time to deal with that. As a Knicks fan, we got our own stuff to worry about right now. So the Nets, you know, God bless fans of that team because Kyrie is very difficult to deal with. We've all seen it play out in the media. And now with the uncertain future, you know, as a as a fan, you'd have to hope that he's going to give it his best because now he has something on the line. He's not getting that Nike bag, and he's playing for a new contract. So you would expect to see the best version of Kyrie Irving, but the thing is he's so unpredictable that you can't even be sure. So mm-hmm. uh, as a, if I was a Nets fan, I'd be extremely worried because the Nets really don't have a future outside of those two. So if they were to move off from him, you'd have to look around the league and say who really has both the young talent and the draft capital to really, you know, refill or resupply the Nets and their their, their draft picks and, you know, the young talent on that team. So they're in a rough spot. I'm glad I don't got to focus on it too much. I just got to pay attention to to pod on it and, and things like that. But sucks to be them. Question to both you guys: What do you think that team looks like um, after the trade deadline or uh, the beginning of the next season? Do you think everybody's still in place? What do you think they do? You think they stay with Kyrie, move move on with Kyrie, trade Ben Simmons? What do you think? I think Kyrie gets moved at the deadline. KD probably stays until next off season and then gets moved. I have no idea what they're gonna do with Ben, honestly. He's another wild card. You think you think KD gets traded or KD leaves on his own? Well, KD just signed an extension, so the only way he's out of there is if they they trade him. So they'll probably trade him next offseason if he's still disgruntled and if they do, you know, trade Kyrie at the deadline. Okay. Um, I personally feel like they're gonna keep those two are gonna be together. Um, by the trade deadline, they're gonna. They're going to make the playoffs and all of that stuff. I'm just trying to see the pieces that they're going to, I guess, place around them. I know Andre Drummond is a free agent. I don't know if they're going to bring him back. But he's also not like – I don't care about Andre Drummond. I think he's a bum personally. Um, <laughs> but they do need somebody to grab rebounds, I guess. But they they, they don't be, they don't play him the uh, max amount of minutes, um, I guess, because he's a liability towards the end of the game. So they, they really do need to figure out that that five position, four or five position. So I I think they'll they'll be intact. They're gonna make the playoffs. Um and yeah. 
Mike, you think they tied to the hip that much? Like, you really think they, like, stick sticking with each other through thick, through thick and thin, like, no matter what happens? Mike said they signed these twins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he opted in, so the Nets have, like, no choice but to deal with him. And as we saw, like, they don't really have any, any traits with it. So what are, how are they really going to move him? Yeah, they they it's 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 crazy to really sit here and say they got two of the most talented people in the league and they in a tough spot. Like it don't even it don't even make sense to me when I think about it. But like I told you guys, we, we have to see it all together. We haven't seen Kyrie, Katie, and Ben on the floor at the same time. And I feel like that's that's an interesting little trio they have. I feel like I feel like we're never gonna see it. Honestly, somebody's always hurt. Kyrie is a wild card, you don't know what's up with him. Ben, you don't know what's up with him. Uh, to me, I don't know if they have bad luck or what, but I just can't see them getting on the same page. I don't know why. I mean, but they also have Seth Curry. I know you like Bruce Bowen off the bench. Got the um, Joe Harris is coming back. They got Cam Thomas, who I know you guys are high on. Um, they need some the mark. Lamarcus Aldridge was solid for them. Um, of course, he's not like the LA that we that we want him to be, but he he still produced last season when he got playing time. Oh, speaking of speaking of that roster, mm-hmm. um, I was just seeing something about a couple hours ago. The Nets just jumped the Pistons for the second best odds to land DeAndre Ayton. Oh, oh, I did see that, and I was that was right. I was like. Close before the news with Kyrie opting in. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and they got they got stuff to give up for Aiden too. So, so what they gonna pair Aiden with KD, Kyrie, and Ben? Unless they unless they get rid of one, unless they get rid of probably Ben, they would have to get rid of. But I doubt they will though. Send Ben to Phoenix. Mm. I doubt I doubt I doubt they'll do that, but. Cause what is? What, I mean, I, I'm not gonna say what is Phoenix gonna take. Cause these GMs be pulling trades out of their ass out of nowhere. They still got those Philly first round picks. Um, still got Joe Harris. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Still got a lot of young talent over there too. So, but if I'm Aiden, do I really want to leave Phoenix, a team that you know has been in the playoffs a few years in a row, to go deal with the headache <laughs> that is Kyrie Irving and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets? That's, like, I, I always like, wonder what's in these players' minds when they decide to go to these weird, you know, teams that always seem like things always go wrong for them. But wasn't it wasn't eight and the one that started this whole thing? As far as like not being happy there, yeah, there's beef there. Yeah, what being ha- not being happy in Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd rather is either stay with the devil, you know, or go pick a new one. But at the end of the day, Aiden was a first round pick. He at the end of the day, he's gonna try to solidify himself as like the the best big man in the league. So whatever happens, is... so whatever happens with with KD and Kyrie, like like he shouldn't worry about that. Like he's trying to establish himself in the league. He wants to be the the best big, so he's gonna do his thing regardless. And they're gonna yeah, but, have to build around him. But you're the best to be the best big in the league. You need a point guard to set you up. So now I'm gonna go to a team where one point guard got a bad back and a bad mental. And then the other point guard just has a bad mental and a bad attitude. But That'd as you be guys terrible are... for his career, I would. If you... I was his agent, I wouldn't recommend him go to Brooklyn. Would y'all? 
but as you guys are saying, if they do decide to to move on from them, they're gonna they're gonna get stuff back in return to build around Aiton. And I mean, honestly, if I was his agent, I would not trust that Brooklyn Nets front office right now. They basically gave the reins of the organization to KD and Kyrie, and now they're in a struggle trying to save the soul of the franchise. And now me, as a player, it's going to be my first time trying to carry a team. I'm going to have to go deal with that dumpster fire in the media capital of the world. That's not a good – to me, that's not a soft landing spot for somebody that's trying to establish themselves as the best, best big man in the league. You know, something that just came into my mind, I guess just talking about this, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. So let's say, the, let's say the Nets end up getting um, eaten, right? And then they decide to try to flip KD and Kyrie somehow to the Spurs for Murray and maybe some picks and some other pieces. What would you What would you think about that? Something like that, as far as the Nets and the direction they're moving, and even Kyrie and KD teaming up with Pop. The The thing is, I think it'd be hard to see the Nets move KD and Kyrie as a duo. That's just so much, you know, salary to try mm-hmm. and get a deal done. But the of San Antonio don't got no contracts. <laughs> the money has they to don't have, the though. money has to match. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. So maybe they might move them in separate deals and then try to bring Aiton in and sell him on, on being the new centerpiece of the franchise. Gotcha. Yeah, that hmm. yeah. It's an interesting idea though. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'd be extremely hard to move him as a package deal because it's like what are you going to give up? You have to give up so much for both of them. Damn, they got to give up your whole roster. Mm-hmm. You got to give up your whole roster for them. So, like, unless they, unless they put a third team in there. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, that'd be very tough. I don't know. Do you think you think Papa want to deal with that Kyrie nonsense though? Right, right Absolutely. before he retired. Why not? He's he's the only person I could probably tame this. Well, not the only person, but. I feel like he's one of the people that could definitely deal with both of them, and they respect Pop. I think Kyrie is just his own person. I, I think the only way Kyrie decides to show up to work consistently is if you go play with LeBron in L.A. or if you go to Miami and play with Pat Riley because, you know, Pat Riley ain't having that shit. As soon as you start all that nonsense, you, you can go. Yep. You can go real yeah. quick. So He already threatening Kyle Lowry. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, about his yeah. being overweight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen that. He said he wanted them on a heat diet, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That boy down there in Miami, you know, all that arroz con pollo. Facts. <laughs> and that pernil. Yeah, yo. Yeah, ready. slap. Yeah, ready thick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> all right, so before we wrap up, you guys want Pippa to talk some baseball? Sure. Uh, let's start with the Yankees. You guys finally avoided arbitration with Judge. Mm-hmm. You know, he's having a career year right now. You agreed to some somewhere in the middle. You guys know exactly the, the price. Was it 19 mil, I believe? Yeah. 19 mil. Mm-hmm. Yep. So agreed to 19 mil. I think he wanted 20. Yankees offered 17, and you guys met at 19. But the bigger issue is, what are you going to do with this guy at the end of the season? Because this team, they're saying the uh, Giants might be in the mix. You know, they keep throwing the Mets in the mix. Right. Do you guys think you'll be able to retain them? The Reds in the mix? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. 
Whoa. I, I seen them. Whoa. Right. <laughs> I didn't hear we that. don't want that. Dude, we, you know, we can't have that. that you weird. have a motivated energy. Yo, that was crazy. Part of me, no, part of me feels like we can't have that. But I feel like if that would have happened, that would make baseball like a fucking soap opera for the next couple years. Yeah. That we would need that, though. Yankees lose. And a lot of Red Sox. Red Sox. That's Jesus almost like Babe Ruth vibes, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know the dynamic of, of, of what he did and why it happened, but wee, that would be crazy. I think that would be much worse than him going to the Mets. Yeah, on a smaller scale, like Johnny Damon. Remember, he left Boston and Ooh. came over to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why we couldn't have came to this $19 million contract from the beginning, honestly. Without going to arbitration. Yeah, like, we did we did we really have to go through all of that for him to get nineteen million? Being cheap. Yeah. Being cheap. Not only did you guys hardball him on the extension, you guys hardballed him on on the uh, arbitration, which is crazy. He's by far the the face of the franchise, and you guys decided to get into, like, petty battles with him over, what was it, $3 million? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they were beefing over arbitration, you knew they were never going to get a long-term deal. If they have beef over $3 million, imagine how much beef they're going to have over trying to negotiate a seven-year deal where we're talking big money. Because mm-hmm. that was $3 million over seven years. That's like, what, $21 million? And yep. he's still producing, so his contract is, is – his stock is going up even more. That's why it's going to come back to bite us in the ass. Mm-hmm. My thing what is I don't – What would you say, Keith? No, no, just finish your point. I was going to say my thing is it's to me it's not so much about the salary each year. It's more so about the years. Like, pay him whatever he wants. But once you start getting into that, I want 10 years, nine years, and all that, I'm, I'm not really a fan of that. Like, if you want five to six years, maybe even seven, making 34, 35 a year, I'm not mad at that. But when you get into the eight, nines, and the tens, now we talking about we paying a 38, 39, 40 old Aaron Judge, and that salary on the books, we're going to be stuck. But it's, it's 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 hard to deny that now with the way he's playing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you got to think about that on the back end, like you're gonna be stuck with a Jacoby Ellsbury type contract. Yeah, that was a terrible deal. Yeah, yeah. you guys even started beefing at the end of that deal, right? <laughs> then they filed grievances or something like that, from not mistaken. So. What's I'm trying to say? So. Yeah. What's yeah? Did get paid out of? Oh, well, I mean. But hey, though, I think uh, I think Judge is doing what he's supposed to do. He bet on himself. He's producing. I honestly, I honestly don't think Judge wants to leave. I think stay in New York. Like he's a he's starting to become like a, a mega star now. Like everywhere you go, all you hear is Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge. He. Aaron Judge has to be the most popular person in New York City right now, sports mm-hmm. sports wise, right? You go yeah. anywhere, he can, he can easily if he stays here, and he wins this year, he's already going to be a Yankee legend. You go anywhere, he's going to be a Yankee villain, which it probably doesn't even matter to him. He still gets his money or whatever case may be. That's what it all comes down to. But whatever money you miss out on, you can make that back 
and New York to just by being who you are for the Yankees and you're winning, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you know, sacrifices, you know, certain things, I don't know. Whatever whatever matters to him the most, but I think being a man on the Yankees is worth more than being a man in, in San Francisco or, you know what I'm saying, or uh, what is it, the Angels. The Angels. Red Sox. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's going to be crazy. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah see, that just led into the question I was going to ask. What would you guys pay him if you had to get into a deal? So you say you no more than seven years and you really don't matter what the average annual value is. What about you, Mike? What would you give? Uh, what would you give, Judge? Um, I, I honestly don't even know how like these these baseball contracts work. So, I feel, like who who's the richest person right now? I'm assuming Trout. Trout. And what's his contract? I'll pull it up for you. Is it? It's still. I believe it's still Trout. Yeah. Four hundred and twenty-six and a half million dollars. And then you got to break that down with the average annual value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Trout, yeah. I know Anthony Rendon is up there, too. Oh, Bryce Harper's up there as well. Stanton still, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Trout signed a 12-year, $426 million contract. And Jeez. the average salary is $35.5 million per year. Mm-hmm. And that's until he's so I think 38. Oh, 39 yep, would be a free agent. Yep. And I think the Yankees had offered Judge 7, and I think the average annual value was 30. But don't call Oh, that's, that's not bad. Give him that. No, nah, I mean, when you, when you got to... Oh, well, yeah, the Yankees want to give him that. <laughs> you got to read the rest oh. of the list, though. Read the rest of the list, though, Mike. You got, you got Francisco Lindor up here. You got Corey Seager, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado. At what average? Uh, how much? Um, hold on. Arenado's getting 32 and a half. Mm. Corey Seager just got 32 and a half. Uh, Francisco Lindor got 34. Uh, hold on. But we also feel like the match overpaid on him. Yeah, you got you got Anthony Rendon making 35 a year. Like when you when you consider things like that, it's almost yeah, like. He got to get like forty at least. You can't even say forty because Mike Trout is getting thirty five a year, but he could he could get thirty three, thirty four. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he can get more than well, what I'm not giving him. Yeah, right, right. I'm just saying, though, like based off of the contracts you named, we're looking at we got to get him at least forty a year. Nah, I think forty would be too much. Nah, forty yeah was because those are shorter 40, deals. Forty years so, too much. So what's the difference between I guess him and Rendon? I'd say I'd say Rendon give him had a shorter deal. I'd say, hold on, what mm. hold on? I, I got it right here. Rendon. Yeah, Rendon got seven years, thirty-five a year. I'm not mad at that for Judge. But ju- but ju- is well, what's your comparison of Judge to Rendon? Judge is. Judge is better than Rendon right now, but when Rendon was Rendon, Rendon was one of the top players in the game. When he got that contract, I don't think it wasn't like he didn't deserve it. Right, I'd agree, but I'm talking about like at this point, we, we know that Aaron Judge is definitely better than him. So 
He but can't, he can't get from 35 mil. Josh is also injury prone. Uh, yeah, that's that's true too. And so he, is Rendon. I also think Rendon. I think Rendon. I think he 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 might have slightly got overpaid a little bit. He probably yeah he he definitely got over overpaid. But he was that dude when he got signed. But he he, he did kind of overpaid. You got Steven Strasburg making thirty five million a year, bro. Come on. Yo, Strasburg has been hurt forever. Come on, dog. Corey yeah. Seager. Corey Seager. And he's a pitcher, so you can't really compare. Corey Seager just got 32-5 last year. A 10-year 10 10-year 10 deal. He just got 32-5. Aaron Judge could get 34, bro. Seven years, 34. I'm not even mad at seven years, 36. Mm-hmm. Pay him. That'll probably get the deal done. Pay him. Fuck it. Pay him. Just don't give him don't give him that many that many years, but pay him. Yeah, I'm not mad at 736 if he's down with that. Yeah, Rendon signed his contract in what 2020 and got seven years 245. 736, that's 252. 252. Yeah, I mean, shit. and I think the, the Yankees offered like something around 7200 or 7230. Mm-hmm. You gotta pay, you gotta pay that extra now. You see what type of year you having. Yeah, You're about to be the MVP. You gotta pay those extras. If not, you can, you can walk, bro. You can walk. Well, bro. Keeps you talking baseball still. Um, I know mm-hmm. you. I know Degrom and Scherzer are rumoring their returns. Do you feel that you guys also have to make any additional moves at the deadlines to keep what you guys going alive? I, I definitely have to do some some bullpen work. We got to bring in some more arms. Couple, not even just one. We got to bring in like two or three to help out mm-hmm. Diaz. At least getting us to Diaz because Diaz has been having a great season so far. Um, we could probably get some more starting pitching help. There's been reports that we've been talks of targeting Luis Castillo, see if we can bring him here. He's been having a pretty good year. Well, we'll be we'll be competing. We definitely <laughs> need some more starting pitching help. I think mm-hmm. you, you look at what we're dealing with and the fact that we're we have this cushion in the NL East. I mean, we're pretty lucky. So if we can bring in some more starting pitching, you know, you don't want to throw the Grom and Scherzer into the fire too quickly. So if we can bring in some more help with the with the starting pitching in a Castillo or somebody similar, that'll be dope. Also, we can you could use some help at, at catcher. You know, McCann, he hasn't really been hitting well uh throughout this season. So there's reports that we might be going after Wilson Contreras as well. And uh in, in, That's in a the big trade game. market. Yeah. And that'll be that'll be a big upgrade over what we're getting from McCann. I think McCann is, is hitting in the one hundreds or something like that. And mm-hmm. you look at Contreras, he's hitting two sixty eight. You know, that'll be a nice addition. But I think outside of that, for the most part, the team's been solid. We just got to try to weather some of these injuries. Any particular relievers that you guys are looking into? I haven't seen any relievers. I have heard the name David Robertson thrown out. He's a pitcher that is familiar with New York. He's proven mm-hmm. pitch in high-pressure situation, high-leverage situation. So that could be a guy we end up targeting. Okay. I feel like this, the Cubs just been selling everything the last couple of years. Yeah. They won their championship. I mean, they won their World Series. And now they're trying to they tear got, down and rebuild. Yeah, they got to retool. I heard the Yankees have been um, looking into Luis Castillo as well, as well as Brian um, Reynolds from the Pirates. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I guess he would have some type of platoon role. Um, but he was an all-star last year. He had a slow start. 
to this season, but the last few games he's he's picked it up. But it's last month, I believe. So we could always have the depth. Um, and the fact that he was an all-star last year, you know that he can produce. He just has to be consistent. Well, hopefully we get him. I mean, hopefully not Bron- not uh, Reynolds, but Castillo. Hopefully we get him over you guys because mm-hmm. I think you look at the Mets right now, we're the real boogeyman in the city. You guys, I know you guys have been winning nonstop, but when it comes to asset acquisition or talent acquisition, the Mets are not a boogeyman. So hopefully when we do snatch Castillo from you guys, I don't want to hear, you know, you Yankee fans complaining and crying because, you know, you guys have been buying championship all throughout the 90s and whatnot. Well, but you know why I wouldn't be upset? You know why I wouldn't be upset? Mm-hmm. Because, because we have Domingo Herman on the horizon. He's getting better. And we don't even have space for him, honestly. So it's like we still have him in the mix as well. So if we don't mm-hmm. get Luis Castillo, he's coming. <laughs> this guy's crazy. He's always throwing shots, bro. <laughs> He's always, always, always slipping that little Yankee hate. What? On the low, I'm just being bro. honest. I'm just being honest, bro. On a low. I try not to be too biased, but <laughs> hey, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. Just got to keep it real. <laughs> I'm hoping for a Subway Series this year. You guys hoping for one? Are you yeah, trying to avoid playing plan. the Mets? What? What? I'm you see, Mike? You see what I'm talking about? What? No, I, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it a buck. There are some Yankee fans out there that they don't want to go up against the Mets. They feel like you know they already got the edge on us, having having beaten us already in a Subway Series. So they don't even want to give the Mets an opportunity to tie. And best uh, believe, if Mets fans were to win, you know, social media wasn't a thing back in back when you guys beat us. Now we're gonna go. We're gonna wild out. I think the that'd be the best thing be for baseball. It's a great thing for baseball. That'd be the best thing for baseball. Don't mean it's the best the, thing for Yankee fans. The best thing for baseball: Yankees, Mets, World Series. Let's do it. Yeah, that's the that's all the right, best thing. All right, be careful what you wish for. That's an Eminem song. If we and if we lose to y'all, like y'all have my respect. I can't really. I can't. Yeah. Smoke. No, nobody ducking smoke, Keys. Come on now. All right, we'll see. Y'all just got good. You, you know see, me. I'm a wild out to win. <laughs> <laughs> Why the Mets can't be good, bro? They fans. I'm gonna FaceTime the both of y'all from the parade if we win. <laughs> As you should. Best believe. Oh, you better answer my call when we FaceTime you too. <laughs> Facts. Voice, man. Yeah, that's put me on do not disturb and shit. Like we gonna <laughs> don't FaceTime you. Y'all win. We gonna FaceTime you, but you're gonna be with us because you're gonna have to take this out with us. Uh huh. Never. 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 <laughs> nah, never would I be at a Yankee parade in a in an Aaron Judge jersey. Nah, oh, yeah, right. That should never. Be, that should be the bet. Oh no, nah, we got to make a bet right now. Yeah, guys. that should be the bet. All if right, it's I... Yankees, if it's Yankees Mets World Series, what's the bet? All right, Yankees Mets World Series. I'll go to the Yankee parade reluctantly, mm-hmm. and if the <laughs> Mets win and there's a Mets parade, I got to come to the Mets parade, and we both have to wear the jersey the as jersey. the opposing yep. team. And you got to and you have to take a picture and put it on your Facebook profile for at least a week. Jersey and fitted. Yeah, jersey and fitted. Definitely, definitely. I'll, need I'll, I'll do you. I'll do you one better. I'll post it on the Sports Vibes TV Twitter account. Bet. All right, bet. Dude. All right. I think we're gonna hold out into the bargain. So hopefully you guys do the same. <laughs> I ain't, I'm not gonna renege. <laughs> this is this is like this is like Kobe versus Broad again. Uh huh. Gotta yeah. get you in there. 
All right, anything <laughs> you guys want to touch on before we wrap it up? No, I think we we good. Yeah, I think um, what's what's coming up? NBA free agency. Yeah, June thirtieth. Pod will be talking NBA free agency. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that. All right, so that should that should be a long episode too. So yeah, yeah, there'll be a lot to talk about, especially seeing if Kyrie stays pat. Where guys like Zach Levine, Bradley Bill decide to go, I think James Harden. Bradley Bill might stay in in Washington. Well, yeah. I heard that Harden is probably going to stay in Philly, but uh, yeah, he's opting in. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll see though. We'll get all our mm-hmm. answers. They say free agency starts at like six p.m. or whatever the case may be, but you know the rumors will be flying from like ten in the morning mm-hmm. that same right. day. <laughs> probably the day before, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know how that go. Mm-hmm. Tempering. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap it get up it. here. Go ahead, CJ, before we wrap up. Nah, I said let's get it. All right, cool, cool, cool. So we'll wrap it up here. The next pod will record it after the NBA draft. So for those listening, make sure you're tuned in for that. Once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning into the first, the inaugural pod episode for the Delusional Sports Fans podcast. Once again, I'm Keith, joined as always by my guy CJ and Mike. We are the hosts of the show. We appreciate you, and we out. Peace out. Peace out, Leo.